Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yeah, still doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbuster. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's spending its New Year's Eve hosing down family photos with positively charged mood slime in the hopes that they'll turn into great works of art by the classic artist Fettuccini, and then we can sell them on eBay. <laughs> I'm your host, Jim Maritato, a.k.a. Bank Maniac, from the internet, and this week we're ringing out 2022 and ringing in 2023. A year that promises to have the most Ghostbusters content and products in development since I was a child in 1988. So if you're out there and you're feeling a little bit middle-aged and old like me, um, don't worry, because here comes 2023 to make you feel like a kid again. Um, I'm excited about it, and I hope you are too. Uh, and we're going to get into some headlines for the end of this year before we start to talk about what's happening in the next year. So uh, this is sort of your end of the year wrap-up New Year's uh, episode. We're going to talk about the headlines for the final week of 2022 and then turn to a recent conversation I had with Craig Goldberg of the Yes Have Some podcast and what I'm calling our year in review and other stuff too. <laughs> because if Craig comes on the podcast, there's a good chance that we will end up riffing about random things that we both like to talk about, uh, which totally happened, which is totally fine. Uh, but uh, we definitely covered sort of the year past behind us of, in terms of what came out and what went on in Ghostbusters life and what's coming in the future that we're excited about. So I hope that you'll stick around and tune in uh, after the headline segment to check out that interview. I also want to suggest to you that if you haven't already, Craig and the folks over at the Yes Have Some podcast recently completed an amazing interview with McKenna Grace, uh, who played Phoebe Spangler in Afterlife, if you don't know that for some reason. Uh, but she talked with them for nearly an hour, and it's something you've really got to go check out if you haven't already. If nothing else, make sure you watch it on video rather than just listen to it, because uh, it's adorable. Uh, the conversation that they had with McKenna Grace is really amazing. And she's clearly a devoted and hardcore Ghostbusters fan uh, who is very excited to play the part. Very excited to bring Phoebe Spangler to the screen and to uh, carry on the legacy. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of us know those things. But when you see this interview, she literally leaves the webcam to go to another room to go get more Ghostbusters collectibles to discuss with them, uh, which to me was just seems so fitting. Because if you've listened to Yes Have Some, you'll know that they also run a uh, podcast called and a video stream called Toy Anxiety, where they literally talk about the toys that they collected this week and things they picked up. So it was very apropos. Um, I really want to recommend people go watch it because it's probably like really the most in-depth interview that McKenna Grace has done talking about Ghostbusters since the movie came out. She was uh, very, um, very tight lipped about the plot and things. And as a kid uh, talking about a movie, we would repeatedly talk about how she couldn't talk about things that we're really excited to. Uh, so the ability to sort of reflect on the movie for almost an hour and her experience of making it is probably the most comprehensive interview that exists uh, along those lines. So. I strongly recommend going and checking out Yes Have Some, but listen to the rest of this episode first. Um, and speaking of that, um, I want to talk, give you a couple quick programming notes just to let you know about a couple things. Uh, one, I just want to announce the uh, winners of our giveaway contest. The Ecto Unobtainium giveaway contest happened over the last month, uh, and we were really excited to be able to raise over $800 for Starlight Foundation. Uh, you may have noticed that if you listen to the podcast each week, you no longer have Laura Summer encouraging you to donate money to Starlight Foundation at the beginning of this episode. Um, thank you to Laura Summer for contributing that commercial to the podcast because it was really awesome on the one hand just to have her do it and to 
help to have her help us out. But on the other hand, I got a lot of positive feedback on it. And some people actually even donated because of it. So um, thank you to Laura Summer. Thank you to all of you who donated um, because we raised over $800 for Starlight, like I said, um, which is an amazing thing that we, you know, they're, I'm not saying this to be like, hey, we're awesome. But like there are franchises that did fundraisers that didn't generate that much. Um, so to spend a month just, you know, talking up the idea of maybe winning a prize and having people come on board to support the podcast this way so heavily was really, really amazing. And I really appreciate each of you who donated uh, because Starlight really is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. Uh, not because I've had personal experience in their services. I don't have kids in the hospital because I don't have kids, uh, but it's something that I could have resonated back with me since I was like in the fourth grade and first read about it in Nintendo Power. Um, and it continues to be something that I see the impact of and has a lot of meaning uh, and and has a lot of effect in positive ways. So uh, if, if you want to donate to Starlight, you, of course, still can. You just can't win the contest. So um, but feel free to go to donate.starlight.org uh, slash extraplasm if you want to donate to our fund to help push things over the edge to our thousand dollar goal. Um, totally fine. If not, we're going to be totally satisfied that we raised eight hundred and thirty six dollars for Starlight Foundation. The winners of the contest. Uh, who were contributed and donated at least ten dollars to uh, participate are uh, for the Mark Brian Wilson autographs. James Dumphy and Bra and Ben Moore were the winners uh, for the Ghostbusters Ectoplasm Lab. We gave away. I'm going to mispronounce your name and I'm sorry, but it's Heiko Mueller, I believe. Uh, and the winner of the Ghostbusters RC track was Carolyn Scheel. So uh, the drawing took place on YouTube on the 30th of December. It happened about 25 minutes late because apparently live streaming is hard and podcasting is not. <laughs> I've met at this point after 16 episodes of podcast. Um, I had no problem sitting down to record that, but found live streaming a little bit complicated. Uh, so things got started a little bit later than expected. But if you want to check out that live stream, it's only about 18 to 20 minutes. Uh, it's out on the YouTube uh, channel for Extraplasm, which you can find at youtube.com slash at Extraplasm. And I know you're like, that sounds weird. Who puts an at after the slash? But I assure you, YouTube does. Um, so and that's the quickest way to get there. Uh, beyond that, the other programming note I wanted folks to be aware of is that uh, this week, obviously, we're talking with Craig Goldberg. Next week's episode will be an episode with uh, James Green Jr., who was the author of A Convenient Parallel Dimension the new book that's out discussing all things in the history of ghosts and ghost busting. So uh, if you have been looking to see what that book is about, or if you recently got it for Christmas or a holiday or something, and you've been wondering, who is this guy? Uh, James will be joining us next week for an interview uh, on the podcast. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, beyond that, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you for making 2022 an amazing year. Uh, in which I decided to release a podcast, wasn't sure how it would go, and then warmly was received by so many people. Um, I won't spend a ton of time doing this because I feel like there I overthink sometimes uh, in terms of coming on the podcast and be like, thank you for listening to me. I know you don't have to. We know you have a choice in podcasts. We appreciate that you choose Bank Maniac Airlines. Uh, <laughs> that's a little weird, right? But um, I think that uh, this was a year that, yeah, had a lot of uncertainty to it. It's kind of like this getting back to uh, real life after COVID thing. Uh, and I wasn't really sure what that was going to look like in the world. It's certainly been stressful and anxious for me as a teacher. My job has been in flux for a while in terms of what it looks like, where I do it, how it gets done, etc. cetera. Uh, and to have the podcast each week be something that I could put my passions into, uh, my, my appreciation into for Ghostbusters and what it brings to my life and to connect with you all out there doing it 
has been so meaningful to me. Uh, and so I, I mean that just from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for making my 2022 awesome. If not just because you donated to some you know thing that's great to help kids, but for some of you, just because you tuned in and you messaged me afterwards and said, hey, I really appreciated blank, et cetera, et cetera. One thing that I want to ask folks to do that I haven't in a while <clears throat> is if you uh, really are finding extra plasma to add some joy to your life, if you could leave a positive review on iTunes, um, on the places where you can write up, you know, text based reviews and uh, let people know that I would appreciate it purely because it helps to connect the podcast with people like you who are into the same stuff. Um, the algorithms, especially the iTunes algorithm is really preferential of podcasts uh, and recommendations that have text written reviews over just those that have stars. Uh, so if you want to say something kind, um, and by all means, I always accept it to me directly, but if you want to say it in a way that's beneficial to the podcast, um, but I, I'm asking at this point, if you would be willing to go write a quick review, I would really, really appreciate it. If you don't do that, I'll still like you. Um, I'll still be like, thank you for listening. Uh, but I, it is one thing I will ask at the end of this year that if folks can do. It definitely helps. My final programming note for this episode and for 2022 in general is that I hope you and your family and loved ones and friends have a happy new year, but not only just a happy new year, just a happy year, because um, I think it's kind of weird that we wish people a happy new year. Like, hey, I hope you have a great January, but after that and beyond, that's your problem, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so I hope that you have a fantastic 2023. Uh, I think that we've all been through uh, quite a bit of the last couple of years of wondering how each year will go, uh, given that none of us expected the 2020 to go the way it did. And then, and then the years that followed have sort of been in flux. But I hope that 2023 is a fantastic year for you, that uh, it's an experience for you to come together with other Ghostbusters fans and appreciate good content that's coming out. But if nothing else, even if for some reason none of that came out this year because uh, some catastrophic thing happened, I would still want you, your friends, your family, your loved ones to be as happy and healthy as possible. So um, by all means, Please have a great year, not just the beginning of it, and stick around so that that way you can come back and I can make another awkwardly phrased uh, greeting about your, your coming new year for Extraplasms, like, I don't know, uh, 46th episode. By the time we get there, we may have found our voice. Um, but thank you again for listening to Extraplasm and Happy New Year. And with that out of the way, sort of in terms of talking about, you know, thanks and all the good things, the good vibes, feelings. Let's move into talking about the very last Ghostbusters headlines of 2022. Still making headlines all across the country. The Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. On in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. The extra plasm. Read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. Our first headline is that Billy Bryan is seemingly joining the effects team for the new Ghostbusters movie. And if you're not sure who that is or why that matters, you're fired. Not really, but, but everyone should know that everyone should know this, that Billy Bryan was both the performer and builder of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And he's also an accomplished practical effects engineer, a performer, a painter and a million other things. But um, for real, he was the guy who built Stay Puft, designed him, walked around inside of him, stepped on cop cars inside of him, uh, smashed churches, etc. That's Billy Bryan. For all intents and purposes, he is the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Uh, so what what's the deal here? Well, posts between Billy Bryan and Aryan Tuitin, who, of course, is the uh, lead special effects person for Ghostbusters Afterlife and presumably for the next movie, too. Uh, those posts on Instagram between the two of them indicated that Billy Bryan has joined the production. There was a Instagram story, uh, that I believe Aryan posted. And then there were comments afterwards, uh, that showed Billy Bryan 
wearing a Ghostbusters-themed T-shirt of the Ghostbusters 4, a T-shirt I actually own from T-Fury, um, and <laughs> holding a Spangler Neutrona wand and looking down the barrel, uh, indicating that he was coming back again uh, for more fun. And then there were comments saying that from Aryan saying, glad to have you aboard. So what does this mean? Does it mean that the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is coming to the next movie? Not necessarily. I wouldn't jump to that conclusion if you're like, yay, the Stay Puft guy is back. So that means so is Tubby Soft Squeeze. Um, I wouldn't run to that conclusion, but I would say that uh, you're looking at someone who has a long resume in practical effects. And so it's a real good likelihood that we're going to see a lot of practical effects, which is fine with me. We saw them in the last movie and saw a great blending of practical effects and CGI with things like the terror dog uh, that were made for that movie. So uh, there's a really good chance that Billy Bryan's being brought on for doing practical work as opposed to being brought on because, hey, Stay Puft is back. But either way, to watch more folks from the legacy film who were not necessarily involved in the previous project come on board and get involved with this one is a really good sign to me. It says that like there's faith that there's this is a good project that the folks who did the first one and are proud of it and go out to conventions and tour and talk about what they do are happy to come on board and work on the new one because they feel comfortable with it. Um, so there's not much more to say about the new movie other than that right now. Uh, but I'm excited. I think it's great to see that Billy Bryan's coming back on board and that Ghost Corps and the sort of the production are still leaning into the legacy talent that helped to make the first movie and developing the new stuff that they're incorporating them, including them and keeping them involved because those folks have carried the torch for Ghostbusters literally for like almost 40 years at this point as people who were not just fans, but people who actually made the thing. So um, right on, I'm happy to see Bill, Billy Bryan or Bill Bryan coming to uh, play with the rest of the production folks for Ghostbusters Afterlife 2, uh, which is not the actual name of the movie, but it is the fun name of the movie that I've been choosing to adopt lately, um, which I think you hear about a little bit more later with our conversation with Craig. Uh, but keep tuned to sort of Billy Bryan's Instagram, etc. if you want to, because he's the guy now who's working on the film, not just somebody who uh, is representing Stay Puft and might sign your Stay Puft photo someday, uh, which he may still do. But our next headline that we're going to talk about um, while we're sort of talking about the Ghostbusters movie that's coming up. We talked about who is joining. Let's talk about a second who's not. Um, this is not actually a story I'm going to tell you with a link. This is just me telling you this because I'm sure of it. Uh, there's two rumors going around. One is that Chris Pratt is going to be tapped to come on board for this Ghostbusters movie in some way. Uh, the other is that Hulk Hogan <laughs> is apparently in talks with Ghost Corps to play a villain in, in Ghostbusters Afterlife 2, uh, which is not the real name again. But um, I want to throw cold water on these two ideas very quickly uh, because they're both kind of ridiculous. Uh, the, I will say this. If Chris Pratt is going to be in the next Ghostbusters movie, he has to put all of the weight back on. He cannot have his Marvel body and also be in a Ghostbusters movie. That's not allowed. We already have Paul Rudd. We have one Marvel body in the movie already. So you can't have like two guys who work out this much acting as Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters uh, adjacent people. Not acceptable. <laughs> so if you're going to have uh, Chris Pratt in that movie, you have to put him back into his mouse rat phase from Parks and Rec. Uh, and then he can come and play. But realistically, like, you know, Chris Pratt is probably not going to be in Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't know what role he would be in. It would be really strange to take an actor who's uh, arguably got just as big of cachet as Paul Rudd and cast him in a role that was somehow lesser than the current principal cast. Uh, so I, I would say there's a really slim chance that that's going to happen. Uh, the whole Kogan thing, which is even more ridiculous, I think has been born out of the idea that because there's a 
WWE like trading card game that happens online that crossed over with Ghostbusters a few weeks ago. Uh, that for some reason, Hulk Hogan is going to be involved in this new movie. I'll say this. If Hulk Hogan's involved in this new movie, it's because he is playing the arms of the big bad. Just as like Gozer the Gozerian was played by three different actors, including Olivia Wilde, a ballerina and a voiceover actor. Uh, you know, I think if, if Hulk Hogan is in the new movie, it's because his 24 inch pythons are coming to the screen uh, to be used as the arms of a ghost and for no other reason whatsoever. Uh, because I can't like the reality of this is like, I can't, why would you ever put Hulk Hogan in a movie? He would be so I, in, immediately recognizable. I would take you out of the Ghostbusters universe so fast. It would be uh, amazing. So I'm, I'm, you know, I realize I don't have a source right now. You're like, dude, you're just totally declaring and asserting things. What kind of poorly researched person are you? Well, sir, I'm a podcaster. And as a podcaster, I'm going to tell you that there is virtually no way that Chris Pratt or Hulk Hogan are coming up in the next movie. So if you've heard those rumors, um, they're fun to think about, but they're probably also totally ridiculous and unfounded. <laughs> so uh, you, there's a way better chance that Billy Bryan is going to be stay puffed in the new movie than there is that Hulk Hogan is going to be in it. And I don't think that Billy Bryan is stay puffed in the new movie, just to be clear. Uh, so. Now that we've talked a bit about the next movie that's coming out in real life form, let's talk about animation for a few minutes. We had a little bit of a cryptic update in the last week regarding the animated Ghostbusters movie that's currently in production. And I want to give a quick shout out to Ghostbusters News for catching this interview with the rap that Jennifer Kluska, the co-director of the new Ghostbusters animated film, uh, completed this month. I never would have seen this otherwise. So shout out to Jason for like finding this and elevating it because I had no idea it was out there. Uh, in the interview, uh, Kluska discussed Ghostbusters, the, the animated Ghostbusters project, and she said that her introduction to Ghostbusters came from real Ghostbusters, uh, that that was sort of what she started with, and that it, she said it feels sort of very right and fitting to come back to Ghostbusters in an animated form. It feels like so many Ghostbusters fans come from that space as well, and that gives you this bigger, weirder stage to play upon. And I think we want to obviously do something very new and different as we always do. But we know that there are so many Ghostbusters fans who are just waiting to see this franchise animated again. So that doesn't necessarily mean like that she's going to be making the real Ghostbusters. And I want to say that like um, this rap article is pretty clear and sort of saying almost in the next sentence like that. It's unclear of what the look and feel are going to be and that she was not really willing to dis to discuss this much in terms of what it is that they're creating. But she did give the, a follow-up quotation saying, by design, this is going to be different. I think all of the films that Sony does are very consciously, stylistically, and tonally different, and more and more also visually. The technology and the artistry pushes the medium, and we are going to be looking for our own approach that's going to be a very specific link to the Ghostbusters franchise to the world of the supernatural and to the telling of ghost stories. Now, I'm going to read into that quote probably more than I should have. But one of the things that Sony talked about for a very long time that Ivan Reitman championed uh, was that he wanted, uh, you know, keep in mind, he's the person who helps to create heavy metal in the 80s. He was always an advocate of animation as a vehicle for storytelling. And even Jason Reitman has said that an animated Ghostbusters film remained a priority for his father uh, throughout his life. And one of the things that's been rumored over the years that could have come out um, is was an idea for an animated film that would have followed the story of a ghost. That essentially animation could have been leveraged to take us further into the ghost world than than, say, physical filmmaking ever could have. Uh, and so 
I'm not saying that that's what this movie is. I have no idea. But there's some like key words and phrases in there that I pull out immediately where she's talking here about the idea of design's going to be different, that uh, it's going to be stylistically different than things that have done before, that there's going to be visual differences, um, that there's going to be more of, quote unquote, the world of the supernatural and the telling of ghost stories. Uh, and it's a very specific link. Like, I mean, I'm not saying this is like an animated Slimer movie or something, but that would be kind of hilarious. Uh, but uh, it sounds to me like this is going to be an opportunity for us to see more of the supernatural side of Ghostbusting because that's what animation is going to lend itself to. Whether that means it's going to be CG driven, whether it's going to be something stylized like uh, the the uh, Spider-Man movie that came out from Sony Animation that did so well that is escaping my brain right now in terms of its name. Uh, but, I, you know, that's unclear. But I think it's really cool to know that um, there's a director at the forefront who's got a legacy connection, like their own personal connection to the real Ghostbusters who understands the importance of that franchise and the importance of the number of people who came into Ghostbusters because of animation, not because necessarily of a physical film uh, or, you know, an actual movie because we were too young for it for many of us. I saw the movie when I was four in a drive-in, but I've encountered people all the time who tell me they were like 11 when they saw, you know, uh, a Ghostbusters cartoon for the first time or something. So, uh, but the point I want to sort of get at here is that this animated film is probably going to be connected to something specific we we know like we've talked about but also may look and feel different than something else so does that mean cgi who knows uh but i think it's interesting that there's a, a conversation happening out there in these interviews uh, about sort of the uh ways that visually things will look different and how each sony picture can look different etc so i'm eager to find out what it's going to be um, but you know, I don't think we're, we're going to get necessarily a great explanation until we get some sort of trailer or some promotion from some finished animation. And, um, it's not really clear how, what's done yet. So we'll see, but, um, I'm looking forward to it. And it's an interesting thing to speculate and wonder about in the meantime, uh, based off of the interview quotations that Jennifer Kluska gave in terms of, um, merchandise, let's talk for a few minutes about Ghostbusters merchandise wrapping up the year. The big news about merchandise is that Hasbro Proton Packs continue to arrive in Europe. And today, if you're listening on release date of the podcast, is probably your last day to change your address on your order if you're listening in the U.S. Uh, so if you haven't done that, if you moved since you made your Proton Pack purchase and you have not told Hasbro Pulse, like you literally have 24 hours to email them and let them know before they start doing things. Uh, hopefully, given that these are landing already in Europe, in Europe on doorsteps, uh, for people who ordered via Zavi, the North American packs will be shipping shortly after the start of the year. So uh, we don't have a firm date on that, but it seems pretty likely given that Hasbro wants everyone's confirmed shipping dates by the 1st of January that they're looking to ship sometime this month. So fingers crossed that maybe we'll have some Proton Packs by the start of February. But, you know, we don't know. We'll see. Um, all the reviews that I've seen in the Proton Pack from people who have in hand so far are incredibly positive. And there's even a couple of neat Easter eggs that weren't disclosed to us in the marketing that I don't want to talk about here because I want to let people find them on their own. I got to see them in videos and went, oh, I would have liked to have found that myself. Uh, but uh, if you've seen the videos that Ghostbusters Dublin or that others have put out, I know there's a couple of German Ghostbusters uh, who've also posted video content of their packs. Um, you may know what I'm talking about already. We'll do a full review of the HasLab Proton Pack when it arrives here in the US because I've got um, two coming to the house. Um, that's not your invitation to come sit on my porch and rob me. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> but I did order one, one to open and one to put away because I'm a true Ghostbusters fan and have problems. Uh, but <laughs> when the proton packs arrive, we'll definitely do a full review of the HasLab pack and, uh, talk more about that. 
But if you're in the market for an Alice frame because you want to mount the pack and carry it on your back on something more than the straps it comes with, um, shout out to GBFans.com because they put out a great visual guide for Proton Pack purchases, breaking down which packs will work with the HasLab pack uh, by default using the mounting brackets that are installed on it already versus which you'll have to modify in order to make that happen. So uh, check out the GBFans.com Facebook and Instagram accounts where they posted the uh, it's almost like an info guide as a graphic. Uh, that you can go and take a look at that has some really useful information if you're about to order a proton pack um, or not order a proton pack, but order an Alice frame. And keep in mind, if you're going to buy an Alice frame, you may be able to buy one of those direct from the GB fans store and to support GB fans while you do it. So um, you don't have to, but it'd be nice if you did. <laughs> anyway, um, the final piece of news in terms of merchandise for the week uh, is about Vigo the Carpathian. It's almost Fitting that this is the last piece of news of the year that I'm going to be giving to you on New Year's Eve, because Magnolia Clothiers, who we've recently discussed as a replica costume maker, has begun dabbling into paper and fabric uh, Ghostbusters props in the last year or so. Uh, they've produced different stuff that you could get, like I think they did a newspaper production, um, that, a lot of different stuff that you can get from Magnolia at this point. They're making Egon's glasses. They're making um, a, a Vankman work shirt that looks like the orange shirt he wears when he spins in a circle uh, in 19, Ghostbusters in 1984. But their latest offering is literally a canvas print of Vigo the Carpathian. If you've ever wanted to own a big ass painting of Vigo the Carpathian, uh, Magnoli is now selling a three foot three inch by five foot three inch canvas print of Vigo the Carpathian for $150 shipping included. So this is a canvas print. Um, it's not paper. That's why it costs more. But it's something that you could take and have framed and it looks like a legitimate canvas piece of artwork. Um, and I, it's amazing. I, I kind of want one. I don't know where I would put it because I literally just bought a uh, virtual pinball machine that is currently occupying more space than it should. So it can't go where that is. But um, the, this Vigo the Carpathian painting is really amazing. And you can order that now at magnoliaclothiers.com uh, and they will roll it and ship it to you for free. So uh, that's kind of awesome. For $150 in and out the door, you can own a three foot by five foot canvas print of Vigo the Carpathian that you can frame, that you can choose to take to conventions, that you can do whatever your heart's desire may uh, like. If nothing else, you can order it now and conduct bizarre rituals for next holiday season, given that you won't have it for this one. Uh, but if you wanted to potentially, uh, you know, come back and Harness the power of Vigo the Carpathian and uh, rebirth yourself for immortal world domination. Um, have at it. Just contact MagnoliaClothiers.com and uh, order up your Vigo painting to get your ritual underway today. <laughs> so uh, that's sort of the end of our merch news and the last news headlines that we've got for 2022. So let's turn now to our year in review and other stuff, too, with Craig Goldberg of the Yes Have Some podcast. Joining me on the Extraplasm podcast is friend of the podcast, and uh, I think I called you OG podcaster of the Ghostbusting scene last time you were here, and I'm going to call you that again because it's fun. You're an OG Ghostbuster scene guy. Congratulations. Craig Goldberg from the Yes Have Some podcast is joining us. How are you, Craig? I'm good. I don't like, I don't want to be, I want to be the new kid. I don't you want to be, be the OG. The YG? You want to be the young generation? I want to be the young generation of Ghostbusters. Uh, Whatever, whatever it is that we do. But that's because you uh, spent Christmas with McKenna Grace, right? Yes, we spent, <laughs> it was so kind of her family to have us over on Christmas Day, 
And uh, no, no, no. We did. Uh, we 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 dropped our interview with McKenna, which we had been working on, kind of like off and on for for months. I mean, the way it works, like here here's the rule of thumb: content creators and podcasters. <laughs> um, if you can avoid going through like publicists and managers and just ask the people directly. <laughs> the chances of them talking are always a lot better uh, than than. Luckily for us, though, McKenna's manager is quite literally her mom. Yeah. So we when we were at the Spirits Unleashed uh, party in New York a couple months ago, um, we we met McKenna and her mom, and we had a nice exchange. And her mom was like, "Well, why hasn't McKenna been on the podcast?" Like. Yeah, why why hasn't she? <laughs> like as if like you're like we don't want her on. We right. just want to talk to that one kid. <laughs> like here's the deal with McKenna Grace and it's kind of hard to to put this in real perspective. <clears throat> First of all, she was the star of Ghostbusters Afterlife and right. uh for all intents and purposes the most important uh character going forward uh at least for now in sure. the Ghostbusters, you know, canonical universe. Um but also, like McKenna Grace is a legitimate like movie star who has right. millions of social media followers and is a musician and uh, she's on Young these, Sheldon, right? I mean, like, yeah, Young Sheldon yeah, and Fuller and, House, and she's in all these movies and TV, and so it's like, um, you know, yeah, of course we want McKenna Grace on the podcast. That that would be fantastic. So we made it happen. It took, uh, you know, it was right around. We had been told at that party, like, okay, she's going to be recovering from some surgery. Um, and then we might be able to be able to do it during that time when she has some downtime. And I was at, she hadn't gone public with her, her right. scoliosis and her spinal surgery and everything. So like, I'm thinking, okay, she's getting her wisdom teeth out next week <laughs> and we'll, we'll be able to do the podcast. So, um, it turned out to be like a much more serious yeah, yeah. and, and, crazy things so uh yeah we we just recorded it normally we would like to record that and then hype it up for a couple weeks and then drop it on christmas day or whatever but we did it christmas was sunday we did the recording friday so uh we still got it up for for yhs patreon a a day early yeah uh you know ideally we could do that um a little earlier for them but uh yeah we just we we made it happen and um what, what was really cool is that uh, we were only, I think, going to do like 25, 30 minutes, but we kind of got the heads up halfway through like, hey, this, you know, everybody's having a good time. The yeah. conversation's flowing. Uh, and uh, it was good. It was she, really cool. <laughs> I listened to it last night and I love the part where she like gets up and is like, hold on, I need to go to the other room and get some more things. And it's <laughs> right. like you're having a conversation with a, thir- with, a, with, a, with a star of a movie who's like, I need to go to the other room to get more of my Ghostbusters items to show you my really awesome, cool collection. And right. I'm like, this is adorable. Like, right. like, this is so funny. And at one point she's in the middle of it. She's like, I don't have a hard out or anything. And I'm like, this right, is right. so funny. Like, this has just become like, let's talk about the thing I love and I got to do as a, as a, you know, a cast member. But, and I thought it was so great. So I want to say like for folks, like don't turn this off now and be like, fuck these guys. <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> like, go listen to that interview. Uh, go watch it really is a better way to do it on the YouTube channel for YHS because um you know and when you when you're there like and subscribe the channel because oh thank you, know. you thank you yeah yeah we just relaunched our, our new YouTube channel um uh but yeah it was really cool and like it was a good interview and like the the way I always try to approach any kind of conversation like that is like I don't know just make it a 
I wanted it to be a conversation. I don't want to do a Q and A. Yeah, and you know, the, I saw some people commenting in, in certain places that, like, you know, she at one point McKenna talked a little bit. You know, we did talk about Afterlife, obviously, and she talked about about certain plot points that were uh, cut from the movie, and we didn't press her on it. Right. Like, first of all, I think it's pretty common knowledge at this point, like what she's talking is it not common knowledge like what she's talking about like didn't jason openly talk about it in the he, the big head club right i mean i talked about it last week on this podcast in terms of the if, if it's not open like i went to the big head club thing you were there uh and i was there and i openly said like well i'm never going to re- rebroadcast that um i was a guest at it and it's not like somebody was like sign an nda <laughs> right so it's like right yeah, like their janine had a bigger arc in the movie for instance is a thing we talked about last week on the pod yeah you know so i mean i think yeah. that's probably what she was referencing and like if jason's willing to talk about it in like any kind of open forum i think at this point plus the deleted scene is on uh the afterlife dvd so yeah there there was some there was more plot with janine having to do with uh egon's ashes and uh there's photos out there behind the scenes stuff where you see janine on the porch of the the farmhouse during the final scene so like clearly stuff was cut or edited or, or whatever so but getting back to the interview, our job as like podcasters or whatever is not to like get the hard scoops and be the ones to be like you know, <laughs> the clickbait. That's kind of why we kind of made fun of like the clickbait headline that yeah, we got right. know, being about gremlins or whatever. Because it's like to me, I'm just like, I just want to have a good conversation. And like it's a chance for people, uh, <laughs> you know, whether you're a Ghostbusters fan or not to like just get to know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have to say, one of my favorite parts about the interview, and I don't want to sell it because I, I want people to go listen to it, but um, I really appreciate when she decided to start saying, here's what I'm going to start saying when people ask me about Ghostbusters, and just <laughs> right. began making up wildly fake stuff that was completely insane. And I wanted to be like, be careful, be very careful, right? right. Like, there's some people right now who are like, Chris Pratt is going to be in the next Ghostbusters. Right, right. And I don't know if you heard, I said this in our in, in your forum, but... uh. Uh, you said, have you seen Parks and Rec? And I'm like, yeah, my vision of the only way Chris Pratt gets to be in Ghostbusters is if he puts all the weight back on. He has right, to become Mouse Rat Chris Pratt again, and then he can be in Ghostbusters. But before like, he Chris he, Pratt, yes, like he has to be peak fat guy pre, uh, you know, jock hero pre Marvel body, uh, Chris, Chris, you know, Chris Pratt, because that's part of what happens. You do a Marvel movie and you get like seven trainers. And uh, (laughs) your body is never the same again. (laughs) Right. They somehow digitally remove, uh, you know, pieces of your, your, your body and soul and mind. And, uh, (laughs) no, but I mean, the thing, listen, the interview was fun. We, I almost brought up the Chris Pratt thing when we were talking about the fake stuff, but like, also I have to remember that like, you know, there's always the chance that us being so tuned into what's going on. Like, Sometimes we end up knowing more than, you know, like if you've ever gone to like, if you've ever gone to any convention uh, or, or Q&A. Yeah. It's so cringy. And, but it's especially if you go to like a Star Trek convention or something like that. Like, <laughs> there's always somebody who's like in season three of you know episode four of Next Generation, you said this, which completely was contradicted. And like the actor's always just like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just an actor. It's my job. I, you know. Hey, I will say, if you want to watch some really fun panels of Star Trek, you got to go watch the Star Trek Las Vegas panels with the Voyager cast. 
Okay. Because they actually try to remember half this stuff. And so it's like Kate Mulgrew is on stage and she's like, is that the one where I turned into a salamander? It's so fun to watch them try and riff on it. But Robert Beltran, who played Chakotay, thinks that like most of what he did was dumb. So he just like sits on stage ripping on the show and they all laugh and make fun of it. And it's like oh, they wow. should make that into a long form watch along podcast because I would watch. That'd be great. I would listen to every episode of it. That would be fantastic. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Ghostbusters things. No, it's all good. Yeah. But it, just to. Yeah, I hope I hope people enjoy the interview and I hope they. Um, it was great. You know, yeah. I, my, my biggest thing I think is going to be so wild is when they do film the new movie, just seeing these kids, you know almost five years later yeah uh which you know people have been talking forever about how the there was such a long gap between ghostbusters one and two and i'm like (laughs) first of all no the long gap was between ghostbusters two and three (laughs) right that was the first one that's the first one but this this fight it'll be you know by the time it comes out it'll be five years so it'll be interesting yeah i'm i'm really excited about it and um I'm glad you got to have the conversation. I just think I still think this is so funny that like you have gone from being uh, a pot like you started out your podcast. It's like we appreciate Ghostbusters. And now you interview not only uh, the people who are in Ghostbusters, but you also talk with their moms. Um, <laughs> We've gotten to know like I kind of thought I was like, if we could just get to know Finn's mom and then maybe <laughs> Celeste's mom, we can do an episode of moms. We would just have the ghost moms on. You could do a Mother's maybe, Day special. Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do a Mother's Day episode with with Logan's mom and, and McKenna's mom, and we'll just uh, no. I mean, there. It's so crazy because, like, you know, we as we've anticipated new Ghostbusters movies. Like, I don't know if anybody. I never thought it would be like a, a kids focused cast. Yeah, and, and I'll freely admit when I first heard that that was the direction they were going, I wasn't. I didn't have hesitation, but. I was definitely like, huh, okay, that's not what I envisioned. Obviously, now it's like with the story they told, it makes perfect sense and it's fantastic. And the kid, everybody was so great, Uh, like literally just incredible. So it's like, it's awesome. But like by proxy, like both the Logan interview that we did and the McKenna interview at some point, one of their parents showed up was like, like if you, there's a part where McKenna's like showing stuff off and her mom just like presents the, the box of Ghostbusters cereal, like just kind of appears on screen. So um, they're kids like they're yeah. living different kind of lives. Like, you know, I don't know what it's like to have whatever 3 million Instagram followers right. and, and be like a hot <laughs> commodity in, in Hollywood. But like at the end of the day, they're still, they're still kids and like McKenna was, you know, just full of positivity and in a uh, really fun conversation. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we had her back on. Uh, yeah. No, I hope someday. you do. I hope you do. It was very cool. She's a good storyteller. Yeah. But I just I think I just think that notion is so fun. It's like for years, people were like, I wonder if, I'll, you know, maybe I'll get to meet Bill Murray. And it's like you probably were never going to be like, I'm going to meet Bill Murray's parents. No, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is like the. We had we had this with Logan and like I find we I find myself recommending movies to McKenna <laughs> and like I brought up Stripes at one point I'm like I can't in good consciousness uh, recommend this movie to McKenna Grace but um, I brought up The Great Outdoors she's yeah. like well, I've never seen that I'm like that's like the perfect movie for you to go watch right now yeah 
Um, and so, it is it is one of those yeah. things where I say this often as somebody who teaches uh, teenagers and um, occasionally you have somebody walk up to you and say something to you like, oh, Nirvana. Yeah, that's classic rock. My dad enjoys that. And you go, oh, God, I'm so old oh, now. Great. This is terrible. Great. But great yeah. to hear that. <clears throat> Good to hear. It's OK. I'll forever be a kid old. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> controversial <laughs> terminology yeah being um, brought into the you haven't heard this terminology apparently the toy industry has decided that part of what's causing it to stay afloat is the number of of adults buying toys for kids i that they're really for them i don't know what they're talking about at all i've never done that ever i don't i've never bought an action figure for myself i've never <laughs> uh, i don't have any toys in this entire office whatsoever so i i yeah i it's like, I can't disagree. Like I'm literally <laughs> that article came out and like, I think it's cool. Like, right. Yeah, like, like our I generation care, is so completely different than our parents' generation. Um, so yeah, I don't yeah. buy precious moments. <laughs> yeah. I don't buy precious moments. Um, I can't just like somehow in like one year get a small business loan and buy a house and go in 10 vacations. Like, yeah, I don't know what it was like to in the, uh, the late eighties and early nineties or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I buy toys. Yeah. Proudly. I'm a proud. I don't care what kind of stuff. I love my toys. I love my toy collection. Um, I was thinking about. We made a post the other day uh, that said uh, Ryan Dole from our co host on Toy Anxiety. He told me to make this logo. So I I made a thing on Twitter. It says, uh, I'm a Toys R Us kidult. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) people did not like that. People were like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sorry, everybody, because I fit in that category for sure. And when I saw Toys R Us was opening, I was very excited. So, of course, it's inside Macy's, so I'm less excited. But <laughs> right, right. So I got to go to a mall inside of a Macy's. Yeah. Inside of a Toys R Us. I got to walk okay. past the section called the basement and uh, lots of appliances or something. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and it's not even Filene's. And for some reason, they still have a basement. So um, it's always real quick, real quick, quick tangent on department stores. When I remember being a kid, like you'd get to that bottom level of the department store and you're like, you could just literally buy a washer and dryer here and <laughs> yeah. I could go upstairs and buy a polo shirt. And then yeah. I could go up there and buy some, you know, bedding like this, yep. this place has everything. It's fantastic. I used to think about when we bought a vacuum a few months ago and I looked at my partner at the time. We bought a Dyson vacuum. It came in a box in the mail. It was made of plastic and all kinds of stuff. I had a very old man moment where I was like, do you remember when you would go to Sears and they had the Kenmore guy and he would demonstrate all the vacuums to you and you buy a vacuum every 10 years. Now they want three year warranty. It's just like she's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, oh, I I mean, I remember like. (laughs) The Kirby door to door salesman, yeah. like the Electrolux my, guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my mom, like, like any kind of major appliance or, or purchase was like, the, it resulted in some sort of family meeting. So I remember my mom, like, <laughs> gathering everyone around the tables, like, sons, we bought a Kirby today. We're a Kirby family now. <laughs> Things are going to be a little bit different. Okay. Now, if somebody came door to door to your house, they're like, I was selling vacuums. You'd be like, right. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. Scam. Scam. Right. Why? Like, they, well, there was a thing. There was a thing the other day. It was like, this lady was like, somebody approached me in a parking lot asking me if I wanted to buy, you know, a speaker system. And then my bank account <laughs> was just drained immediately. It's like, like, that's the just, oldest scam in the book. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, come on. But something else had to happen. Like, you can't just have your bank account drained <laughs> just by talking to somebody. Can you? Maybe you can. I don't know. That would be weird. Um, I digress. There's a superhero villain who's got that power. 
Yes. He's, he's called the divester. The divester. <laughs> I don't know. I love that. Um, anyway, well, I want to talk with you because even though we've been babbling for like 15 minutes about complete other nonsense, um, we uh, it's the end of the year and you, you've clearly covered a lot of Ghostbusters stuff for the whole year. Um, I've only had a podcast since August, but obviously I have been a Ghostbusters fan. But doesn't it feel a like a time. lifetime, Jim? <laughs> a little doesn't bit. it feel? I, I did. I had this conversation the other day. Somebody was, I was like, I'm only like you know 15 episodes, and somebody's like, When did you start August? And they went, That's like four months. And I was like, Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like I don't, yeah. I, I don't the, know. That it, that's that you've talked about this a lot. I think you talked maybe with Chris Stewart or, or whoever. Like if you can make it past that fourth or fifth episode, you're. Uh, you know, you're home free. You've already done better than like 98% of all podcasts that have ever existed. Because I think I had that conversation with you. It's hard. It's just hard. Yeah, it was just me. I put it on Chris Stewart. You're like, you Chris know how Stewart Chris said Stewart, it. Like, you know how Chris Stewart always says. Uh, no, but it is hard. It's hard to keep it going. I heard this. There's this really good quote, and I want to attribute it to the right person. It's not even a quote, but it's kind of a train of thought. Uh, maybe people could take this into the new year. I was listening to the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast hosted yeah. by Matt Cardona, a uh, former WWE guy. Yep. Uh, still a very big deal in, in wrestling and toy collecting. And he was talking about – I don't think he was specifically talking about uh, content creation. He might have been talking about going to the gym, but it, it, it kind of the same – thought and i've it kind of stuck with me where it's not about motivation motivation comes and goes it's about discipline yeah right there's going to be days where you wake up and are not motivated to do the thing sure but do you have the discipline to do it anyway and yeah. i think that's that's what jim i will just compliment you you're 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 killing it well so thank you 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 have set uh, I know we've had conversations. There's been weeks where you're like, I don't feel like doing it this week, but like <laughs> you do it anyway. And like, that's, that's kind of a testament to, you know, uh, a pathway to, and success. often those, the last few months, those have been, I'm exhausted and I don't, I, you know, it's been crazy. The last but, couple months, the last year has been crazy. Yes. Yeah. But it's about to get crazier, which is like part of like in terms of Ghostbuster stuff, which is why I wanted to talk to you a bit about like the year review and like what, sure. Is, you know, what, what are we hopeful for coming up next? And, um, I love it. This is my favorite topic. I was thinking about this, like Afterlife came out in November, right? So it meant that, like the toy push happened in December, and carried over really like the the Afterlife release that for my in my mind carries over into the beginning of this year because like streaming began the first week of January. Right. right. So it was like, even though a bunch of us ran to the theater and we're like, yes, I feel brave enough to go and sit in a theater now after being told it's unsafe for a very long time. Right. <laughs> Lots of people who didn't do that. They waited to see the movie until it was on home release. I right. love that. I was like, I I was safe until Ghostbusters was involved. Then I'm like, I'm on an airplane. <laughs> I'm in a big room with people. No masks. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like um, we yeah. all have our you know, we all have that that, that you know. Safe until a point, and then it's like, come well, on. I said it was my finish line. Like, I repeatedly joked that Ghostbusters Afterlife was my finish line for the pandemic. And when we finally got it, I would know that we were going to be OK. And so when they kept moving the movie on us, I would be like, what are you trying to do to me? This right. is killing me psychologically. Stop right. this. But, you know, don't don't put other people's deadlines as yours. That's a good lesson to learn uh, in your 40s. But yeah, don't base your. <laughs> Don't base any of your life or health decisions on what a major motion picture studio deems financially <laughs> responsible. Right. That's funny. Be mentally healthy. Um, don't decide to put that on a corporation for you. Uh, no, it's good advice. It. 
Yeah. Sony says it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but I was thinking like of uh, the movie really like as much as it came out in November for a lot of people, right? Like it was a, they found out about it from like home video or cause it started to show up on their streaming platform. Or I think I've talked with you about this. Like my mom watched the movie when it first came out and then she like wasn't into it. She was like, whatever. And then she saw it again, like a few weeks later, just randomly streaming on some network. And she was like, sat down and watched the whole thing and called me and was like, this was actually really good. I kind of get right. this now, you know? Right. So to me, like, I think the movie, it really had its connection with some people at the beginning of this year, rather than as much as it, when it first came out, like with us, it did. Cause we all expected it and we're waiting for it, but right. It's almost like that first release in November. And now you got to remember it, actually exceeded box office expectations right. that first weekend. Yeah. Like they were projecting 28 million turned out to be 45. Yep. Um, and then it had like a decent box office run, all things considering um, did not do that well internationally. Um, but a lot of movies aren't these days. Not everybody can be avatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, uh, but, but it, it, but it did well enough to warrant Sony going forward and, and having a sequel, yeah. but you're right. Like, um, a lot of people kind of found it after the fact they found it through, you know, I, I haven't looked at the the numbers, but I think it's the number four, three or four best selling uh, yeah. DVD of the year. I can, I know that it was the first two months of the year because it came out on streaming in January and then the home video releases happened in February. And so through February and March, it was the best selling <clears throat> uh, home video release of the year up until the point where Spider-Man uh, whatever it was called, whichever one that was, no right. way, no way homecoming to your house somewhere <laughs> near you in a theater soon. I don't know whatever right. the movie is called. Um, but yeah, um, when that came out, which of course was like another Sony related product because it's Spider-Man, uh, but with more Disney, I guess, uh, when the, that came out onto home video, it kind of dethroned afterlife, but right. Like, it, but afterlife literally was like the movie of February on streaming platforms and in stores that was being released. Right. And so I'm so looking that, at it you know? right now as of, you know, the, the last update top selling DVD Blu-rays uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is number four. Yeah. Uh, so it's Spider-Man No Way Home, then Jurassic World Dominion, Dune, and then Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, so that's a really good sign. Like yeah. That, that, that is a meaningful number that contributes to the decisions of keeping the franchise going forward there were so many people who saw that first trailer and then were like, Oh, that looks interesting. And then the pandemic happened. And then there, when it came out, people thought it, the movie coming out was the sequel to the thing that they assumed that they missed. <laughs> I mean, did you see this thing about Edie Falco last week? It was the funniest thing. No, she like, I guess she's in the new avatar. She was on some talk show. She was like, I gotta be honest. I thought it came out like four years ago. and just didn't do well. Like she, she's like, I filmed it. I filmed it eight years ago and I had no idea that it never came out. Like <laughs> that's hilarious. She's in the movie. Uh, uh, actually Sigourney Weaver was on smartless podcast. Yeah. Uh, which is the, the one with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett. Yeah. And Sean Hayes. And they asked her, um, you know, they're like, you know, you used to do so much theater and stuff like that. Why, you know, why aren't you doing any theater anymore? She's like, I've been shooting avatar for the last 10 years. <laughs> like literally (laughs) she started principal photography in like 2013 on the second avatar (laughs) and she's so it's like none of that has anything to do with ghostbusters other than it avatar is also a movie and sigourney weaver was part of my anecdote sure but 
But and they were both on a list of uh they were both of movies. But like um yeah. But yeah, you're right. I, I think people kind of like discovered it along the way. Um Yeah. And yeah. I, I saw last night I saw um my first piece of next Ghostbusters bootleg merchandise which you know those fan, fans of this podcast and you of course know that i love a good bootleg merchandise you do love a good bootleg. <laughs> um last night i saw a poster for the next ghostbusters movie do you want to know what it's called according to the bootleggers um sure ghostbusters yes. afterlife yes. two yes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Is it the, did they take the first poster and overlay it with like a new, a yes. new york street it's scene? like yeah, it's a too. really bad overlay of a new york yeah. it almost looks like somebody did an ai art of a new york city street and then like <laughs> right. they That's laid somebody, the yeah. trap opening over it and then what's in the trap opening is the old poster from the last movie but with paul rudd's head blown up bigger than all the other heads for some reason this time <laughs> which is it's like, like what a computer thinks new york looks like um i kind of yeah like, as much as i think ai art is really um tra- uh controversial and i don't ever want to upset the folks who i know are are upset by that because like i know several people in our friendships and our community are like hey my art is being stolen and used right. by algorithms I kind of want to see the AI art, I, I, AI art version of Ghostbusters, like the whole movie. I just sure. want to see, like maybe put it well, in a chat GPT theory. and see what it says. You know, here's my theory. I'm not a religious person, but I could be. Maybe if I had a beer or two in me, I could be easily convinced that we are of some <laughs> sort of artificial uh, design uh, or it's a some simulation. Sort of simulation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in that sense, all art is technically AI art. So who yeah. cares? There you go. <laughs> the worst take of all time. Sure. It's the same way that like at some point in my life, I went to my therapist years ago and said, you know, I'm going to be a little less worried about consequences of my own life. And she was like, why? And I'm like, because I imagine in the infinite quantum possibilities that exist out there, there's a Jim Maritato out there who's having a good fucking day today. <laughs> it's like so we just worry about what he's got going on today and things will be fine and i'm kidding everybody everything's fine mental health is everything's good fine jib's doing great i'm jib's doing, I am great, doing great um but i i do i mean i joke about that that we've i think the concept like the multiverse all these concepts that exist now in disney movies they're just like 25 30 years from now it's gonna be like, yeah of course it's a multiverse what are you talking about yeah right <laughs> it's just becoming accepted like everybody knows about the multiverse yeah um i mean listen we live in the you know Regardless if you believe in the multiverse, let's say we do, we live in the universe where our Ghostbusters 3 was like the emotional character driven like Force Awakens style. <laughs> uh, the least likely possibility of all. And I love it. Yeah. I love Afterlife so much. And yeah. I think that um I think it's cool people are kind of discovering it along the way. And um yeah, it but it kind of came and it's kind of ba- I think Ghostbusters is back under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all these like lists coming out right now that are like most anticipated movies of 2023. And you'll see that Ghostbusters is not really making those lists. And I think that's for two reasons. One, I think anybody with any kind of level of like logic and common sense realizes that that movie's probably not coming out in December of 2023. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm not to be like, you have the inside scoop because you know, not at all. Um, I don't know anything, but I, really I think that that's a fair assumption to make, right? It's like you are, you just came off of interviewing one, the principal star of the movie who has yes. yet to begin filming anything in December right. of <laughs> December of 2022. Right. The likelihood the movie comes out in December of 2023 may slide. No. But literally um, they've you know. started filming Avatar 
at the beginning of Obama's second term. And it just came out. Sorry, I don't think it's going to take that long for the next movie to come out. Because if it does, those kids are going to be doing the red carpet with their kids. (laughs) Right, right. right. Um, But what I will say is that I don't. I think it'll come out probably in twenty twenty four. Yeah, like if if they're going to start filming, you know, from what from what's out there publicly, sometime this spring, Mm -hmm. we know it takes about. A year and a half to two years to yeah. to go from you know point A to point B. So, um, I I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a reengagement of the public into Ghostbusters, and it's so weird. It always feels like this, but like this next one feels really not. I know I just brought up Obama, and we're not going to talk politics, but you know how every election they go. This is actually the most important election yeah, of my yeah, yeah. lifetime. Yeah, it kind of feels like that with Ghostbusters, right? Because like when Answer the Call came out, it was like. This is it. This is the reintroduction of the franchise. Everything's weighing on this. Right. And then it didn't work out quite as planned. And then the next one comes out and is like, this is it. It's all on afterlife. Mm-hmm. So, oh, there's an international pandemic. And then now it's good. This is it. But that's going to be the big sort one. Of thing is like we got to June of this year and somebody went for real. This is it. Right. It's like we had all that success in, in February, March for like home video. Right. We come out of that like three months later and it's like, hey, come to this event on the Sony lot in June. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're able to come and if you're not able to come tune in and watch what is for all intents and purposes. I, I love they do this. I have to be honest with you. It's like I, I don't know whose idea this is. I don't know if this is like an Eric Cor- uh, an Eric Reich genius move, but like the whole notion that Sony's like, hey, we're not going to show up to San Diego Comic-Con and try and wave a bigger flag than Disney or anybody else at that thing. Right. We're just going to run our own event on our lot at our house. Just right. come on by. <laughs> like, yeah. And if you can't come it's on by. It's so Ghostbusters. In, you know? it's, it's an underdog franchise. Yeah. That's why I always think like when they did the big surprise screening at New York Comic Con, I was like, well, I was there. So right. I was really happy to be there and I was excited. But also like I was proud because I was like, this is a big deal. Right. Like this is the 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 little franchise that could that, you know, the franchise is on the back rides on the shoulders of the original movie. Right. Which is one of the most successful comedies of all time. All time. Yeah. But was not guaranteed to be like, you know, a franchise. So it all kind of goes back to that first movie and to see that, that literally like, like, like this rock and roll vibe, mm-hmm. right. Where they're on stage and people are cheering and Ivan Reitman's there. And like, it just felt good. Yeah. It felt good for the franchise. And like, obviously there was a lot of pent up emotion and frustration from the fan base and from, from just the, the world, because we're at the, I don't well the, the tail end of people caring about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't think we'll hit the actual tail end of COVID till sometime. Uh, oh, let's <laughs> just, let's just like very quickly so we can do this and get this out of the way of this podcast that I could never talk about it again. We'll probably never be out of COVID. Yeah, like, that's, like thing. I think about this a lot that I've said this since the beginning of the pandemic, that coronavirus is one of the most commonly transmitted things between shelter cats, like 80 to 85% of shelter cats have coronavirus. And right. like, if we had a vaccine for it, we would have done that. Right, <laughs> like, right. And we have one for us, which is great. We figured out some way to manage it but like you know like yeah coronavirus was and always is a thing it, it's like right. it's just this strain was particularly uh bad for us 
Um, yeah, it you wasn't know, good. anyway, not to be like, it some, wasn't good. without question, some molecular biologist right now, or some like immunologist is like, what, what unsubscribe? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like stop being a non-communication professor and talking science. Right, right. Um, so I'm sorry if I did that. That could be you, your but- next shirt. Molecular biologists say no. To <laughs> uh, but anyways, franchise is a good shape. Like you said, like, yeah. you know, we're talking year in review. We're out there at Ectofest on the Sony lot and they were like, Hey, there's another movie coming codename firehouse. Mm-hmm. Look, Ernie Hudson's here. He's going to be a part of it. And then they were also like dark horse comics. <laughs> we're bringing back the comic books. We're going to tell Canon ghostbuster stories. I mean, there was a PowerPoint presentation. Basically it wasn't it was just fantastic. like, Hey, we're going to announce the next movie. It was like, show up and we're going to literally have like a PowerPoint presentation about the future of ghost. It was like a board meeting. Yeah. With yeah. the investors. Yep. But without any investors, only social investors, fan investors. Right. Yeah. Just as entitled as actual investors. <laughs> I own uh, it. Yes. <laughs> I have bought all the Plasma series figures in box and loose. I think I should have a say in these comic books. As a uh, backer of two HasLab proton packs, I consider myself an investor in the franchise, and I've dedicated years of my life to this. Love yeah. It. Some of you out Absolutely. there are like, why are you making fun of me right now? And I'm like, cause I'm making well, that's, fun of that's, me. That's why that's, <laughs> the, that's the YHS effect, right? <laughs> laugh at your listeners and laugh <laughs> at yourself. yourself. Yes. Because at the end of the day, it's, this is all insane. Yes. Like, is, what we do is it's crazy. Nuts. I mean, I'm looking at, you've got Slimer wearing a Ghostbusters hat behind you. That's I do. fantastic. I do. It's true. Um, but yeah, they announced the comic book and they announced, uh, an animated movie and an animated series. Um, and that's all fantastic and that's great. But I still think like th- this next movie is, is going to be the priority. For yeah. The next, oh, you know, for sure. Year or so. And although I will um, be honest with you, do you know what I'm looking forward to as like, and I think you maybe too, and we'll see like, are, are we getting toy fair back this year? Oh, funny. You should ask. Uh, Yes, Toy Fair is coming back this year, but it's been moved. So, and this is kind of cool uh, for timing wise. It traditionally took place in like February. February. Yeah. Um, but it's been moved to September. Oh, that's way so, better. Yeah. So, fall, you know, and normally what it would be Toy Fair, the big industry conference for, for toys and action figures and all that. And they would roll out their whole plans for the year. Right. So, probably what we're going to see is. Fall of 2023, we're going to see all the companies kind of teasing what they have coming up for Christmas and mm-hmm. then rolling out everything for the following year. I would suspect Hasbro will have a very big Ghostbusters yeah. presence uh, at Toy Fair this year, yeah. this fall. And that's like one of those things that when I think about, you know, year in review connecting to where we go forward, like that to me may be one of the first ways that we see how Ghostbusters is going to branch out. Like if it's not happening until September, then it'll take longer to find out. But that was my thought was like, if it's happening, if it was happening in February, I was like, this may be where you get your first inklings of like what right. an animated series looks like. Cause how you're not going right. to do an animated series without toys. Right. And, you know? So yeah. Um, that's like 90% of the reason to do an animated series. Or, <laughs> like, well, or if it was the 1980s, you're not going to do toys without an animated series yeah, right? The other, like, right it was like the toys came first um i think that you know if if the movie holds its december uh place we'll probably start getting an idea of what toys look like you know middle of the year to fall because mm-hmm. they'll be rolling stuff out for christmas but if the movie does get pushed back to 
March, April, June, whatever. Um, I think we'll, we'll that's going to be a big deal. That, right. That Hasbro, whatever happens in September at, at Toy Fair. Um, so yeah, that's really. Man, I haven't really even thought about that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's weird too. So we were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, we we're doing this like kind of year of the review type conversation on YHS and it's kind of, the the lines are so blurred. Like I'm still in that post afterlife mode, but like 2022 was kind of a, you know, we had Ectofest mm-hmm. and we had the, you know, the, the DVD releases all came out and like the Our trap you know, box the, set that was the trap traumatic. box set. Well, you know, I was thinking about the work print. We watched the Ghostbusters work print, like yeah. just so insane and fantastic. It's great. Um, and then we had Ectofest, and then we had the Spirits Unleashed uh game, right. which was a big deal. So there's been like kind of bullet points this year, more than a, a normal off year for Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk go to 2000, you know, 13. Right. That was like is Maddie Collector still going? I don't right. know. Maybe look. <laughs> there's there they, underground toys. Put out the plush again. <laughs> like, right, right. There's a staple plush that plays. Uh, oh, remember, you know? remember yeah. when all the the claw machines got all the Ghostbusters plushes? Yeah, those were that was boy. What a fun <laughs> summer that was. It's going to every Walmart like there's there's a Winston in this one. <laughs> I need quarters. <laughs> Um, I'm actually about to embark on a, I'm going to do a history of Maddie collector series oh, uh, nice. on, on the toy anxiety YouTube channel. That's great. Um, and, uh, just cause I have a lot of fond memories and bad memories, uh, as well as a nostalgia for that series. Cause it's already, you know, 12, 13 years old yeah. is when it started. So, but anyways, that's way off topic from what we're talking about. I think 2022, 2021 was obviously an insane year for ghostbusters. 2022, um, lots of development about, mm-hmm. you know, kind of planning for the future. And then, I mean, next year is going to be just, I mean, you remember what it was like when afterlife was filming, like, you know, pe- pe- you know, people were following them on set and like pictures of the Ecto came mm-hmm. out and then there was like casting news. And like, so I think we're, we're not far away from really ramping up a, a very, uh, long-winded Ghostbusters news cycle. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that it's going to be one that is, um, it's going to be interesting because last time we were talking about watching the production of one product, right? It was like sort of like everyone focused on this one movie coming out, but now it's going to be like, hey, there's a movie, there's an animated series, there's an animated movie, there's there's also new downloadable content that's coming for a video game that's got a commitment to have at least a year of DLC. Um, you know, right. I, and then we'll see if it gets supported beyond that. And that's not me being negative at Elphonic as much as I think that, um, there's a lot of promises made about a lot of content that's coming and we'll hopefully see it all, you know, but, um, I'm still waiting on that, uh, that multiplayer for the, the 2009 <laughs> game. I mean, this is the closest you're getting is Elphonic's game, right? Like you're right. never going to get that. Hey, shout out to Elphonic. I'm not a big gamer, but the, the people that work there are super stoked on, on Ghostbusters yeah. as a property. And like, I, I do like that people are taking to the game and really enjoying it. And, uh, um, yeah, it's 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 good because like I think Ghostbusters is like the one thing I I will say about Ghostbusters is that it's never truly in my opinion been able to capitalize on like the opportunities for other media. Yeah. Like you you see that these there's these droughts like, you know, between real Ghostbusters to extreme Ghostbusters, there's just like nothing. And extreme Ghostbusters lasts, I don't know, you know, 2 years mm-hmm. whatever gets you know 50 episodes or whatever it is gets game boy games some action figures right and then ghostbusters just like disappears again um 
I think Sony's getting better at managing franchises and Sony consumer products. Like, I mean, for what I don't know, Jim, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. I think the merchandising and toy rollout for Afterlife, yeah, was really good. Like, especially fighting against like supply chain issues and COVID issues. Yeah. Like the sheer amount of stuff they were able to put out. In I have said time was great. My disappointment with that is not that anybody um, uh, missed opportunities as much as opportunities were take, I think taken away from context by the pandemic. And like my good example of that would be, um, I, I think we, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast or not. I know I've talked about it with you at one point and with other people, but like, the Baskin Robbins uh, marketing campaign, right? Oh, right. Um, slime. Like that's a situation where we would have had slime. We would have had a much more significant marketing campaign tied in. And we know this now. There's concept art that Ghostbusters News uh, reported on a few months ago for a campaign that would have said paranormal is the new normal. Um, and that was like a whole of those T-shirts. There was slogans. There was banners. There was all yep. kinds of stuff. And I said that ev- no one was talking about at the moment that that was never the original campaign paranormal is the new normal as a campaign phrase you would invent after covid happened so what we saw was art that was designed after the pandemic to try and recoup a brand partnership right that then we didn't actually see coming to fruition much because we saw baskin robbins in the movie and then a slime release that had nothing to do with ghostbusters but very clearly right. was supposed to have some connection right. to the movie and so to me like that's the sa- the, the factor that me drives me craziest is that they did so much work to develop these kinds of relationships only to have them kind of get stolen out from under them and like to me i often wonder like was the sonic stuff like, why did we get fast food toys at the um, drive up food hop place in October of 2022? <laughs> right. As opposed to getting them in 2021 when that movie came out and a whole bunch of the movie takes place at a car hop that is a drive right. up place. That's like right. Sonic is the only analog to spinners in America. That's right? a like, great point. And that's I've like point. wondered for a long time, like, was Sonic supposed to be like a brand partner as opposed to being like, yeah, Zaxby's chicken, <laughs> like which I've never heard of, you know? But what I, what what I was bummed well we Zaxby's is really big here yeah I've I, heard that and, since and I yeah. was and I was bummed that there was no like tangible product yeah it was just like a soda mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like a flavor and it wasn't very good although there is a translite sign you can find out there right uh, well it's not even a translite you know McDonald's has the menu board translite signs but it's more of a uh, it's like a yard sign but I wonder um, how many of these like had products. Right. That like just well, they, we never saw them. Right. We never knew about them because well, the Twinkie, the right. Twinkie Muncher, Muncher Twinkies never came out. And then they came out instead as tropical Twinkies. Like eight months later, they had. The <laughs> That's going to be my new like <laughs> weird. My new weirdo sub collection is collecting Ghostbusters tie ins that were supposed to be Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. but weren't. Like they're like yeah. kind of like bootlegs, but not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the craziest thing is, though, we got Ecto Cooler back with Slimer well, on the you bottle. all got ecto cooler back and we yeah the one percent the ecto cooler one percent one percent must be nice to know how the other half lives <laughs> uh some people got ecto cooler back in a, in a promotional yeah uh which i'm looking at mine right now and it's it's gone from a nice light green i hear they're going a, cloudy a dark funky green but uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, a lot of product, you know, because of, you know, because of the pandemic, like it didn't just affect release date schedules. I mean, if you think if you go back and you think about 
the you know the the plan from Hasbro was okay. The movie Afterlife comes out summer 2020. Yeah, in early spring we're gonna roll out this first wave of Plasma series. Right, and it is going to be you know the reintroduction to Ghostbusters. It's what they're about to do with Indiana Jones. That first couple waves is going to be the old stuff, and then they're going to put out all the new stuff. And that's around the same time we also started to get those um, the, the Kenner re-releases. Right? So it was like, exactly. we're going to reconnect exactly. you with the thing from your childhood, and also then we're going to start putting out like the OG Plasma series figures. By the way, I got to say this real quick, if I can. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to say anything ever. Of course you all can. Right. Well, this was good. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. I I think we were so oversaturated with the Kenner classics, right? Yeah. There was that like three week period where everybody was hunting for them. And it was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Look what I'm holding in my hand. And then like anything else, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And then they're always at Walmart. And then there's just like 20 Ecto ones. But like, we need to acknowledge how incredible and how amazing that was. Yeah. What I was able to do for Christmas yesterday for my three and a half year old nephew is I gave him, cause I obviously bought, you know, so many sets of these things. I gave him the four guys, Slimer and Stay Puff. Right. Um, Abby and I gifted him that. Uh, and he he, he kind of has an interest in Ghostbusters. He loves the song. He loves the logo. He loves Stay Puff. So that's where he's at mm-hmm. as a three and a half year old. Um, um, when I, when I hang out with him, we watch, we, he makes me go back and forth on my phone on YouTube from, he'll say little marshmallows. And then we watch, we watch the Paul Rudd, mini puff clip. Right. And then he says big marshmallow. And then we watch 84 <laughs> <Stay Right. Puff laughs> clip for hours. We go back and forth, which is fine with me. Cause this is what I would be doing anyway. <laughs> and I also even by myself without a three and a half year old go little marshmallows. And then I play <laughs> a big marshmallow. But, um, to see like in 2022, a three and a half year old kid opening these Kenner classics. Right. It's just to me, I'm like, that is awesome. Like that, that is something I've seen a lot of people make posts. Like, I can't believe I get to share this with my kids and I can't really relate to that because I don't have kids. But right. like I felt, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool because when I was four years old, I was opening the same the mm-hmm. exact same things. I think that's really cool. So I, I think like, again, it's just like a huge thumbs up to Hasbro for, for what they were able to do. And also yeah. for the price point they were able to do. Oh it. yeah. It was like dirt cheap, right? It was like, so it was like, we start, but you're not wrong. Like we started out that 2020 experience and then, and it was planned that way. Like this was important to think about that. Like everything, if you're a person who's like, I never got my ectoplasm lab or I never got my, this like, yeah, you're right. Like you totally didn't, but don't blame Hasbro for that. Like that's, I, I don't <laughs> right. like, the only thing I will say that I kind of give Hasbro a little bit of guff about, and then I won't, won't get too bogged down in this. Um, I think that the way in which Ghost Gushers, Ectoplasm Goop and um, the Slime Lab were released as three different products that were supposed to work together kind of helped to sell, like to put the nails in the coffin on some of their stuff, because it meant if one of those products went missing, it really damaged and affected the other two. And yeah, I'm, I don't know what happened with all that. Like, I, I have a case of ghost gushers well the gushers came out but like we never saw the refills right and if you really get down to it these are three products that were designed to work together the concept was you would get your lab you would get your refill which had a ghost a mini ghost inside the slime thing so you could pump that into your ghost gushers and then you would slime all your ghost gushers like you would collect them all and then be able to buy all the slime canisters and then you could use all of that different stuff together to you know, like pump slime into each of the gushers and find a magic mini ghost inside, etc. But 
that never happened because we never saw the slime containers in the United States. We never saw the ectoplasm lab at retail in the United States. And all we saw was the ghost gushers. So most of us bought those and then went, why did they make these? So right, like, Amazon had like the ghost gusher three packs for a while. Yeah. But I never, unless I just completely missed it, I never saw them in like retail. Um, GameStop had them. Like, but okay. not, I don't even know if they had them in a retail outlet as much as they had them online. Oh, but I know okay. I bought some of mine from GameStop. Um, but I would love to get, like, to me, collecting the mini ghosts is really fun. I, I've yeah. got like seven or eight of them. I need to kind of, I think you, did you provide me with a checklist at one yep. point? Somebody did. I made a chart. Yeah. And that would be kind of a fun thing to go back and, uh, you know, try to get all those. But what's the question is, I don't even know if you can get all of them because some of the, like the Slimer one was exclusive to the ectoplasm lab. So the only way to get it was to get a lab, right? Some of them were like exclusive to the little canisters of slime we never saw. So this is my thing out there of like Hasbro for like the future, if you're listening, because I'm sure you listen to this podcast on a weekly basis and like Bill and (laughs) Bill and Pam listen to this and they sit around over lunch, but they're not working on Pam's not working on Ghostbusters anymore. Anyways, what's the difference? I'm kidding. Uh, But um, I think about. If I were producing the slime product for the next movie, I would just lean into Play-Doh. Like Play-Doh already has a slime product. They already make Play-Doh slime. Does Hasbro make Play-Doh? Yeah. yeah. They own yep. that's that's their product. That's why I didn't understand so, why they didn't just make a Play-Doh Ghostbusters crossover product for Afterlife, you know. Do you know if the has I was I was on my phone. I was looking up did the slime lab go up in value? Are those hard to find? They were never released in the U.S., so they're difficult to find because you, okay. you would have had to buy them overseas and bring them in from uh, from Europe. And at this point, like finding they're still you can still find them probably on Amazon in Europe. But right. um, I mean, I've got you know, one in box. I never opened that's it. That's part of and, why I'm giving one away for the, you know, the act, will, ectoplasm unobtainium giveaway. Right. But, yeah. I, I think. Knowing how toy companies are. Yeah. And knowing how like these rollouts go i would not be surprised to see a lot of that hasbro product yeah uh re-released for the new movie for probably new packaging updated color schemes you know the the, whatever the new key art is uh you know for for afterlife there was a lot of like blues and greens and stuff like that so like um but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised because if they have the molds to make that stuff, and they might have a lot of product that they just held back on or, or whatever. Um, so it's I'm, going to be interesting to see if the RC trap gets a release because the RC trap. Yeah. I, I, I've said this like, what did they do with it? There was a lot of them. I, I can was count, I can count at least at least at least five thousand of them that existed. So yeah, I don't know. But, I've got mine. I think it's so fun and like I, I think like. Does Muncher look a little phallic? Sure, sure, a little bit, but like enough to like recall the whole thing. I mean, they're just so the companies are so like worried about. Yeah, they sell the kids. You know, like yeah, I, I would be too. You know, I mean, so, I get it. So. I get it. I get Look, it. We I don't know how we got on this. We're like, let's talk about what's coming in the future, and we're like, I don't know. Let's talk about how. Let's talk about the, the slime lab. The past will come back for the future. Oh, let's talk about the future. Yeah. Um. All right. Because future. Um. Well, in the future, I'm hoping my family and I are living in. Uh, oh God, it just escaped me. What's the name of the neighborhood in Back to the Future? That's like a Hill Valley. Hill, no, not Hill Valley, but like the actual neighborhood. Like, oh, in, in, the, 80, in the future, like yeah, because it's like I'm calling it Hill Hill Valley Three Thousand. No, no. Well, it's it's the the joke in Back to the Future, and I know we're way off topic now. Is that like 
it's like the nice neighborhood you'd want to live in in right. 85. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, Hilldale, I think is what it's called. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, I can't believe my house is in Hilldale. And he's like, there's graffiti on all, <laughs> all the entrances. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the next year and a half or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we have been a little bit anyway, but um, I'm, I kind of was just like, I meant to not bog us down in the Hasbro conversation because we know no, how it's good, good I am at that. And if I you, if you need more of that, there's an episode of this entire podcast about <laughs> the Hasbro supply chain. Although, ironically enough, the Ghost Gusters are not discussed that much, and neither are the Mini Puffs. So, um, yeah. But Legends of the Legends of the Lost Hasbro toys, everyone. I believe it's episode five. Um, so here's the deal. Going forward, this is what we know about Firehouse. We know Gil Keenan is directing the next movie. Hey, fair game. Is it Gil? Is it Gil Keenan or Gil Kennan? Oh. It might be Kenan. I don't know. I thought you knew. So might be now I've stolen your train of thought. Sorry. Um, well, this is actually more important. I, I think it might be Gil Kenan or I, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, there's probably a right way, but he's like, seems seemingly is the kindest human being on earth. And he's probably just like, whatever. I don't know. I just know uh, that it's not Jason Reitman. Uh, it's so. not, it's not. <laughs> don't even try that one. Uh, Gil Kenan. Yeah. Directing. I thought that was going to, I, I literally thought, I was maybe the least surprised human being in the world when I heard that one. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this, I kind of predicted this. Yeah. I did too. Ecto Fest, um, and I think it's I think, good. I think it's good. I think, uh, some new flavor, new directing style. Let Jason be the, the arbiter. Let him, let him kind of guide the ship. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just couldn't see Jason going back down that path, directing another Ghostbusters movie with, with Ivan passing and, um, you know, Gil and Jason have a great partnership and friendship. And I think I bet it's, I, I bet this is just nothing but positive all the, all the way around. I was trying to think about whether or not Jason Reitman has ever done a sequel. Um, I don't know. I don't think he has. Like, I think that that, like, that's part of the reason why I was like, Hey, it's cool that somebody else is going to do this movie because, and not cause I don't think he's capable of it, but like, um, He's a dude who makes a movie and makes a project and then kind of like creative move creatively moves on to the next thing. Right. And so I was well, like, and I think he, I think Jason, I mean, he's a writer like him yeah. and Gil wrote this movie and now Gil's getting the chance to, you know, him and Gil got that production deal at Sony and it's very Ghostbusters related. It's, mm-hmm. it's it, I'm sure part of that deal was that Gil would get the opportunity yeah. uh, to direct. Um, and so, you know, I think they're going to be, like we said, they're going to be filming in spring. Um, I think, it, you know, if you if you pay attention on the Internet, you kind of know some more about what's going on with the movie. But I'm not going to be the one to, to break the news. So there's information out there. Yeah. Not about casting, but there's just some more detailed information that can be found. Uh, but it'll all be public knowledge soon. And, and I think the main thing is that we are getting another chapter in Ghostbusters. They're seemingly getting out of Somerville and back to New York. Yeah. Um, at least they're going to be starting there. I, I, well, how about, what do you think? I don't, I don't see this movie going back. I, I think Oklahoma was a one and done. Yeah. I think for the Ghostbusters. I think Oklahoma was a one and done. That being said, um, <clears throat> I don't want to say, I'm going to say this and I don't want to upset anyone as I say it, but I'm sure you will. I am interested to see how central the firehouse is actually going to be to this movie 
Um, and I say that not because like Rust City was the name of the last movie and that was the name of like what they conceptualized the warehouse, right? That was like kind of where that was like where that name came from was the, the, this rusted out right. warehouse where they find Muncher. Um, there's got to be a, a recognition that whatever's going on with the next movie doesn't happen inside our favorite firehouse, right? Our favorite firehouse is in shambles and skid row and its tiles are currently boxed up somewhere in a warehouse and like they'll never be in there again, making a movie inside of that actual firehouse. So what right. is where, where is this movie taking place? Is it inside of a, a completely reconstruct a complete reconstruction of the firehouse, which would be funny because the actual Ghostbusters firehouse doesn't have the same. Um, I'm, now I'm getting way into inside baseball about this, but it doesn't have the same layout, right? As like if you think about the the the. The fantastic firehouse in the movie doesn't have the same layout as the actual firehouse because the actual firehouse has a third floor and the Ghostbusters firehouse in universe does not. Um, it has two floors. Right. right. So I, I'm well, like, I what are they going to do? Like, are they just going to build practical sets of each of the rooms that we know? Well, or are they going to um, yeah. make a CG rendering, which I don't think they'll do, given how much practicality they use in the last movie? Or is this going to be like, hey, we started the firehouse. But then like the containment unit blows up in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of like like the Ryan Johnson subversive filmmaking. Like, yeah, the firehouse explodes and that's how they get out of having to use it anymore. Yeah. The Ghostbusters get a new HQ, which listen, I would be fine with. I like, kind of would, too. Like, like I, it's it's I don't need. Here's one thing I will say going forward. I don't. I already got. The original. Like the shot in Afterlife of Ray, Peter, and Winston, and Egon. Yeah. We already got that. Right. We, we never thought we would. Mm -hmm. Especially after Harold passed away, we definitely thought, well, we're just never going to get that thing that we desperately wanted. Right. And, and we did. Now, would I have loved to see more of the original guys in Afterlife? Sure, because I could watch those guys on screen in character or out of character any time of the day. Right. right. But I don't have any preconceived notion of what the next movie should be. Right. When they announce it's going to start at the firehouse. Okay, we're back in New York. I didn't go, yes, finally. This is like, that's great. Mm -hmm. But if they said after 10 minutes, the, the movie shifts to, you know, Chicago, I would also be like, great, cool. Because like, to me, the biggest opportunity for the franchise to move forward is to, you know, still lean into the iconography, right. still lean into the characters and design and all the stuff that we love about Ghostbusters, but I think new, 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 new. Mm -hmm. Anytime, I don't want Vigo in the next movie. And listen, if he is, which I doubt that he would be. Right. But if he is, I'm sure it'll be great. Sure. I'll love it. But I don't think, I don't need that. I My, right? my analogy for this is... um. Star Trek, the movie is a good movie in retrospect. It's fine, but the wrath of Khan is better. Right. And I think that most Star Trek fans will acknowledge that and be like, yeah, the wrath of Khan is like the Star Trek movie of Star Trek movies. Right. right? And one of the things you got to be able to do in the wrath of Khan is you got to be able to blow up the enterprise, right? right? Like you have to be willing to be like, Hey, we're going to destroy the ship. Right. And like move forward from there. And then like the third movie, like look, 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 look about Star Trek, right? Like they blow up the enterprise 
uh, they end up like at the end of two, like with no enterprise and three, they're like, let's steal a, a, an enterprise or whatever, like, <laughs> let, like steal a ship like, or maybe that's three. They blow it up. Sorry. I'm like getting my movies confused. Right. But like, you're fine. Um, like you're by fine. the time you get to the fourth one, they're not even in an, in an enterprise. They're time traveling through space in order to rescue whales and a Klingon, uh, warbird or whatever. Yeah, they're in the subway in New York. Yeah. Right. Like, and they're like talking to punk rock dudes. And it's like, when you ask people, what, Great scene, you know, how do you feel about Star Trek four, everybody's like, Oh, even numbered Star Trek movies are great. Four is awesome. It has so many great scenes in it. Like, remember that part where like Scotty, you tries to use the computer mouse. And it's like all of these iconic moments in Star Trek exist inside of a movie that doesn't even take place in the same century as Star Trek, where there is no enterprise throughout the vast majority of the movie. Starfleet right. isn't even around. Right. And it's like, <laughs> um, and kind of like, even, you're, you know, like that's what makes that a great story though. Right. And so I kind of almost in a weird way, like, my joking way of talking about this is I want a conflict between Winston and um, and Ray, where Ray is like, we need to fix up the Ecto one and we need to get more Cadillacs. And Winston's like, no, we don't. Are you crazy? We can build we can make electricity with all the 16 ounces of fuel isotope you were battling right, about. Right. In the last and then movie. he leaves. Yeah. So was like, what happened to you guys? And Ray's like, well, Winston's not helping. He wasn't helping. <laughs> He, he wanted he wanted nuclear powered Tesla Ecto ones, and I was like, gasoline is still what we need in order to fight things. <laughs> and then, like the end of the movie is like they have a falling out, but Ray comes like tearing in in a hybrid. Right. He's like in a hybrid sure. gasoline slash no, he's proton in a pack hybrid Jeep. <laughs> no, it's a it's a proton pack. It's like an Inspector Gadget copter of some yeah, sort. Yeah, but like that's the new Ecto one, right? Like that's <laughs> they destroy I mean, the old it, one. Like it, it, I know we're just joking, but like realistically. Now is like you did the movie yeah. where it's like there's Ecto one, there's the original proton packs, there's the original trap. Now you can have fun with it. Mm -hmm. And I think because they've already acknowledged the past, they can figure out how to move forward. If I had to like we did a really good job on YHS, I think if you go through the archives and listen to any time we rambled on about afterlife as the promotions, you know, promotional materials start coming out and as the trailers started coming out and stuff. We were pretty on the nose with what the plot of the movie was going to be, right? Yeah. They didn't really they didn't really hide it that much. Like we know they're in Somerville. We know that the town was run by Sumerians. I mean, the big question those, was like, are they raised kids or are they Egon's at one point? Right. That was and it. Then, like the second that first image came out, I was like, it's clearly this is Egon's family. Right. Uh and then but yeah, so just starting off, if I had to guess. If I had to guess what this movie is going to be, and based on the assumption that, you know, not the assumption, it's basically confirmed Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon are back. Right. And the whole original, ca the other cast from Afterlife is going to be back. And I firmly believe that Ernie Hudson, Dan Aykroyd, and Bill Murray will be in this movie. There's no doubt in my mm -hmm. mind. Um, I think Bill Murray is the biggest question mark, but, yeah. you know, Surprise. there's been, there's been four <laughs> Ghostbusters movies and he's in all four and, uh, you know, he's about to be an Ant-Man. So yeah. Uh, the uncancelable Bill Murray. That's what <laughs> um, so, and that's another conversation. It totally, I mean, that's, and it's an entirely different conversation. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Uh, or it's not even worth having probably. Okay. I, so Jason and Gil came out and said, this movie starts at the firehouse. Right. Okay. I, I could, if, if this movie takes place four, five years after afterlife, my assumption is that the Ghostbusters are back and operating mm -hmm. and that there is a team already. That is that I think that's a 
I don't know. You could tell me. I think that's a safe guess. Yeah, I think that may be a fair guess to make, right? Where it's like it's going to not be like, hey, it's the Tuesday after they got back. Right. And uh, the next like f- the first act is literally them cleaning up the first floor of the firehouse and um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> moving in posters and <laughs> I don't know, setting up. Well, beds. I think I <laughs> but, listen, I know Spirits Unleashed isn't canon per no, se, but but they're setting up the notion that the firehouse is back. Right. Ghostbusters is back in motion. Uh, Winston is kind of the head of, you know, he's mm-hmm. financing everything. Ray is there to help as needed. Um, it would not surprise me if the plot of this movie is that there's another Ghostbusters team. Phoebe is in college right. at Columbia. It, that makes the most sense. No, it totally sense makes ever. no sense. Right. Right. Finn is not in college, but maybe working at the firehouse as a mechanic or, right. or, or whatever, like whatever. And it's just not that hard. Like people are like, well, how are you going to get those kids to New York? No, the biggest challenge is how do you get Logan there? Like, how do you get a uh, podcast there? Right. Because it's like, does that kid have sure. parents? <laughs> I mean, in universe, he's just like a latchkey kid who's like, I'm in summer school. I, I do want to know this. Sure. What subject did those did that kid fail that he's in summer school? Like, What class were they even like, taking? Right. Like, it's not like seismology. Like Phoebe's, right? Phoebe's just in summer school because she's just in she summer just school wants to be there. Right. <laughs> maybe Matt, maybe maybe it was a it's probably not. I don't know. Maybe it's like social studies or something. I don't know. Something stupid like gyms. Yeah. Gym. You failed. <laughs> they gym. all failed gyms. They have to hang out with Paul Rudd, who looks like a football player to <laughs> right, Phoebe. Right. <laughs> but I don't think, and especially this, like if, if, if part of the plot is that Gruberson and, uh, Callie stay together, yeah. which I hope they do because the, every movie is like, Oh, they're, they're broken up now. Like they stay together. Maybe they relocate. Maybe mm-hmm. he's at Columbia teaching. Right. Right. Maybe he take, maybe he, maybe Paul Rudd's a ghostbuster now. Like we don't, we don't know, but like, I think that I don't think it's that hard to get everybody there. Right. If, if it's just that here's what I, and I've said this so much, the, I want to see a scene where Trevor's really excited for lucky to come visit and lucky shows up and has a boyfriend yeah, or a girlfriend. Right. What either way I want to see, Trevor is like the third wheel. I think it'll be the, I think there's some really fun stuff to go with there. Um, here's a question for you. Yeah. There was the rumor of the Chris Pratt casting, right? Yes. Which I think we both are like, whatever. That's not probably not, probably not real, but that tells me that there might be, like another male lead, possibly a a head of a new Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, but we already heard about that. We heard that it's Hulk Hogan. What was that about? <laughs> I saw someone post about that. What, what, it was what like was that? so. First, the Chris Pratt rumor came out that was like Chris Pratt's going to be in the new movie, and then like when that kind of died down, the next week it was like Hulk Hogan is being approached to be the new villain in the new Ghostbusters movie, and they posted whoever posted it posted like graphics of the WWE crossover that happened recently with Ghostbusters in their um oh the their, their the video app game, game. Yeah. yeah it's like I, I don't I've never even played it it's like some sort of trade I think it's like a I don't even I think it's like a, a collectible trading card a digital game or something I don't know but like yeah, it's some, some um, bullshit some some not WrestleFest thing that I don't care about um so <laughs> um but uh yeah I. I don't know who they're going to get, but they need a new big bad, right? Like that's, that to me is the, 
the primary thing. Like, I don't know how you'd bring back Evo Shandor again. Like, we no, just no. saw him. You've now seen him in the flesh to an extent where you're like, hey, that's what he looked like. Um, right. And now he's gone. No, I think you got to move on. And I think I think Gil and Jason probably love the challenge of writing a new big bad. Yeah. And that's like what's going to be interesting to me is like a new big bad. And this is the other part that like not to glean too much from what uh, actors say, but um you know, Ernie Hudson did this interview a few weeks back where he talked about the idea that what he's excited about is what um, like what is the underlying universe behind ghosts? Like, why do yeah. they exist? What is driving that? And he phrased it and said, like, we have these ghosts and they're cute and they're fun. But like, uh, you know, what I'm interested to see, like what the what is sort of causing those things to happen. I don't want to use that's not a direct quote. That's me paraphrasing. Ernie it's Hudson, pretty but, close, though. And um, that doesn't seem like the kind of thing Ernie would just come up with. Right. Like I saw so to me, it's like he admitted that in a conversation where he said he'd read the script. And so that to me is like. I've I, look, this is total speculation, right? But I said it was good when Gil was brought on board because Gil has done animation. And to me, I'm like, are we going to finally go to Ghost World? Because to yeah. me, that would be dope. Like, are we going to get inside the containment unit in this movie? Because I've joked about it. Like, it'd be it's really what Ivan always wanted. It is. But it'd be kind of funny if like the entire movie was a bottle movie. Like if the entire concept of Firehouse was legit, like they don't leave it. They just go into the firehouse. And then for whatever reason, the, the containment unit we saw malfunctioning in the post credit sequence of the last movie ends up being where the entire next movie takes place. Right. It's just that. like it would be so weird if we get Egon inside the containment unit for an hour from the Xmas Mark the spot episode but it's done like right as oh no they have to like go and actually get inside the universe and go and find out where gozer came from and all that kind of stuff you know like i mean another i mean another thing you could do the narnia thing right where the kids get trapped in there yeah and then another team of ghostbusters has to like get them out yeah 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 there's a lot that you could do and this is the thing i always say these are professional writers. Yeah. This is their job is to make this as fun, exciting. And our job is to buy the toys and then second guess them every chance. <laughs> and I want to be real about this. If every ridiculous plot point that was put on the whiteboard inside the room at uh, at Ghostbusters Ectofest, for those of you who don't yeah. know this, when Ectofest happened, um, those wizards over at Ghost Corps decided to fill a whiteboard with fake plot points and leave the lights on in a conference room uh, and say, oh, we know that you'll come by and look at this. And then literally wrote at the bottom of it, like, we know you're reading this. Right, um, right. But some of those finer plot points were things like, podcast summons a wizard. <laughs> yeah. So, there was some good stuff in there. If those are things that happen, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to be on board for those too. <laughs> I think one was like, Trevor, you know, finds the ghost of Christopher Columbus, the director, not the... Right. Not the d explorer. There were so this many random funny, things on the so list. So funny. And then at the bottom of it was just like, we know you're reading this. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. You and know we come by and look in the windows. <laughs> like one thing they you know, all these Ghostbusters movies, the the big bad has basically been somebody in human form, right? Yeah. Like that's kind of what we always like. There's a the the lead, the head ghost is, you know. Uh, Vigo or Gozer. I mean, if you look at whatever. 2016, it's a human who then converts to ghost form, right? Like Rowan right, is right. like a so, dude who becomes the logo. So if if it's just uh, if it's an actor, like I'm, there's a plenty of actors and actresses that would be great. I'd love to see Taika Waititi. Um, I think I like his. I think I liked his acting sometimes more than his movies. Uh, although he's great. Yeah. Um, I think he would be a great, uh, great kind of whimsical villain. Um, 
also I could see him playing like Tobin or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if, I don't know if Tobin's going to be in this movie. I doubt it, but uh, it's just such a big, it's a huge playground. They could go a lot of different places. Um, part of me wonders if telling a, a little bit of a less grounded story is more in the wheelhouse of Gil than Jason. Right. I mean, Jason's best movie is literally about a guy who flies to places to fire people. <laughs> like, <laughs> by the way, how awesome would it be if we could combine the up in the air and the Ghostbusters universe and there's a scene where George Clooney shows up to let oh, go of the new team of Ghostbusters? I have my spinoff already. I've decided about this. It's so funny you bring this up because mine is called Peck. <laughs> it is okay. just a movie about Walter Peck and nothing else. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like just what he does now. Like he just works for some government agency. Right. Like he's moved up into a supervisory role in the EPA and he's just ready to leave and he's like, I'm too old for this shit. And <laughs> right. but yeah, I think I think it's um you know, it's really exciting. This is the part it like most things in life, the buildup is 90% of the fun. Yeah. Right. Uh so I think that's why I never got too depressed or disappointed about the the delays with Afterlife. Although it did get to a point, I was like, "What if it just never comes out?" And they just that was my worry, you know. Yeah. Like, well, we so we saw it; it exists. So now we get to like dream about casting and who's it going to be, and oh, this person got cast. What are they going to play? Are yeah. they going to be a ghost? But you know, and all that will stuff. any of these universes play together? Right. Like, will the animated universe in some way actually connect with the screen, the cinematic sure. universe this time? Sure. You know, because I think about that, like back in the day, they never would have done that because it's like, nope, these exist separately. But right. now it's like we live in a world where like all this stuff is connected. You know? I, I do believe that it much like James Gunn's doing at DC or says he wants to do is like, I think building out a, a cohesive universe mm-hmm. that goes GB1, GB2, Afterlife and out. Mm-hmm. Right. I know people. People want to retroactively say, you know, the 2009 video game is canon or the IDW comics could still be canon. Like, right. That's fine. But like newsflash, <laughs> extra, extraplasm, uh, you know, exclusive, <laughs> it's not. Right. And that's okay. We, we just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to, you know, go through a backlog of 10 years of IDW comics to make sure they don't contradict. Right. Like, you know, it's the same way not that, like, when Disney was like, we're not going to consider the, uh, the extended universe canon, but right. then they were like, no. by the way, we're going to mine it <laughs> for right. other stuff well, we want to do. Mean, you know, like that's the thing, like, um, you know, similar to, you know, how Kylie became a kind of a big character in the IDW comics. Like they, if they wanted to, they can have those. I mean, anything's on the table because right. bug eye ghost is an afterlife. Yes. So and like, and Phoebe, on the table. Phoebe can go to Columbia and meet a version of Kylie. Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not even saying that, that those two universes will ever exist together in the same world. But like, if you right. had that dream, it's like, if you want a character like that, then like, you know, you don't get that character probably at this point by being like, Hey, here's a bunch of 70 year old men who drink rum and they're hot cocoa sometimes. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah. I, I, I mean, my good. idea, this is what I want. Give me a six-part live-action Netflix series about Ray Egon, or not? Sorry, not Egon. Ray Winston and Peter. Yeah, but just it's just them, like no ghost spots. Just just stories about their day-to-day life that has nothing <laughs> to do. Ray runs the bookstore, and Peter's avoiding work, and Winston is at you know whatever. Like, because to me, this is where I have fight with John Yerkeba. <laughs> I always John, me and John 
argue because my favorite scene of any Ghostbusters movie is the jail scene from the first movie. Oh, yeah. And it's just them in jail doing exposition. Right. And it's my favorite. And he's like, don't you care about like John's like story, the ghosts, the equipment. I'm like, my ideal Ghostbusters movie has no, there's no proton packs involved. <laughs> They're just hanging out. Um, and that's probably why I like Afterlife. So no, much. it's why, I mean, my favorite scene, I've talked about this a bunch, is the scene of them drinking peach schnapps on the steps of Columbia, talking about working in the private sector versus working oh, at a university and whether or not the fantastic. university expects results. It's great. Like, right. It's fantastic. Um, but, and, and that's, I hope that we don't lose that. Like moving forward, I want like that's when you talk about like, hey, having Finn in there as a third wheel and watching the social interactions and dynamics is sort of what you're talking about is that so there's sure. a very Ghostbusters. Uh, I don't know if the right word is oeuvre, you know, to sort of like the way the conversation and dialogue goes down. There's a dry, sarcastic wit. And if there's anything I'm worried about with Jason kind of taking a step back, it's that that what I will call Reitman wit may get a little bit changed but you know right yeah i just realized the time it is too sorry um, no you're good you're good uh, uh i think um one of my favorite anecdotes from that um the big head club screening was the what is the line when they're at the the mine and the kid in the background says in afterlife he says uh what is this oh Valley's, i know um uh, rivers what is it stream streams or the are the are the babies of rivers or something like that? Yeah, there are mountains, of, mountains of the mother of valleys or yeah, something like that. Lines. It's some <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's some throwaway line that one of kid one of the kids in the background says that literally sounds like something some dumb kid would say. Yeah, like I would say something like. Or it's that. like when the kid throws a rag at the other kid and he's just like, "I almost killed you." I almost killed you. <laughs> uh, so that line, Jason talked about like somebody asked about that line and he's like, "I think it's really funny." My dad wanted it out of the movie. He just kept saying, take that out. Yeah. It's not funny. What's it's really not sad funny. is the person who asked that question and who can't get the line right now is yours truly. Is it you? Was it you? <laughs> That's so funny. It was. Funny. Sorry. I was okay. I typed it back to this to the chat like with quotation marks around it. And so this is a great line. And then he commented on it and tagged yeah. up on well, it. Well, whatever but. the line was, was, um, was funny. And Ivan wanted it removed. But I think those are the little character moments like – that's why I really all the kids that work in spinners, they're all great because they all remind me of like yeah. actual teenagers. That's how teenagers act. They just kind you kind of make fun of each they're other. The background like, context. They like yeah, give yeah. the universe texture, you know. I think that stuff's great. And then last thing I'll comment, because I did I didn't ask a lot of questions in that that chat, but I did specifically ask um during the scene when when Ray's explaining about the Ghostbusters going out of business, which Again, lots of exposition, but to me, it's one of my favorite scenes in Afterlife because it gives you that backstory. Yeah. You don't have to like the backstory. You don't have to, you know, we've all had that conversation like, what, why would Ray not believe Egon? It's like, hey, partnerships are hard. Mm-hmm. Business is hard. People change. Uh, but anyways, I think, you know, I asked in that chat, like, hey, just for context, when did the Ghostbusters go out of business? Is this early 90s? Is this right early 2000s what and gill like was like hey like that's something we're going to explore right and we're going to build that out i i imagine through comics and stuff like that yeah um so they're going to build it out they're going to build out this this universe and i think one of the hardest things to do is fill in that backstory yeah right yeah so i but i've said this that like i'm a, not to keep you on the star trek parallel but like one of the things i love about as much as Star Trek Enterprise, you can hate it as a television show and be like, it sucked. Um, one of the things I loved about that show was that in the last season of it, when they kind of knew it was like, hey, we're probably not going to get renewed. 
they used it as an opportunity to do exactly what we're talking about. They're like, let's backfill aspects of the story. So like, let's do an episode where we talk about why the Klingons don't have ridges in the original series, but they do have them in like the next generation moving forward. And when we do it, let's bring in Brent Spiner and have him play a Zoom character. And that way we can kind of like tie this all together. And it backfills sections of the Starfleet history that we never had. And that actually fix holes in canon by doing so right they kind of like almost serve as like canon band-aids and so i'm actually kind of stoked to see them do some of that because um i think that that's some of the most exciting stuff that comes out of a show like star trek enterprise it's not like oh captain archer is the greatest captain ever and you replace captain kirk (laughs) as much as like oh no you filled a gap as to why it is that you know what orion slave girls are and why they exist and uh what that civil society looks like (laughs) so yeah I mean, I could I could not agree more, and I think I think that's a fun challenge. You know, the thing you know, uh, I'm not the biggest Star Trek fan in the world, but I'm a pretty big, pretty big Star Wars fan. Yeah, and I think I've always said that one of the core issues with the sequel trilogy is that it kind of seems like there's two full trilogies, maybe three, right, uh, of story that need to happen uh, between. Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens, right? Like, and I think that's why it was so hard people to swallow like the backstory of like Luke um, restarting the Jedi Academy and his core, you know, his star student being Kylo Ren mm-hmm. or uh, Ben Solo, and then Ben Solo turning on him and destroying everything. Like, they, they kind of tell that story in a couple minutes. I'm like, well, that feels like that feels like a really important story that I would like to see told in like a long, yeah, you know, a long format. Um, luckily with Ghostbusters, we're not dealing with a lot of lore. Like we're just trying to figure out when did he, you know, when did Egon go crazy and move to mm-hmm. Oklahoma? I think they could do that pretty well yeah. with some, some comic book panels. Well, the next movie, just so everybody knows the real plot is that podcast comes to visit and he rubs a magic lamp. And, uh, <laughs> when he rubs the magic yep. lamp, he wishes he was a Ghostbuster. Um, and, <laughs> Uh, then he's driving the Ecto one and all the Ghostbusters report to him. And uh, he's going to be played by Laura Summer uh, in this particular iteration, by the way. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait. Um, Did you? Uh, yeah, man. I don't know if you heard the yeah. Christmas episode, but uh, we talked about uh, Chris Stewart and I talked about doing uh, Xmas Marks the Spot as a live action Christmas pageant panto play. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I would watch. Subscribe. So he says he's working on it. So look for it next Christmas. Um, we're going to re- start rewriting real, real Ghostbusters episodes as live action. Um, you know, like the play goes wrong stuff. I'm not serious, cool. but I think he might be. <laughs> so, well, this was fun. I, I'm glad we got to talk a bit about, um, the, the year. Like, I don't, I don't know that we def- that we necessarily cop was covering everything that happened in the year in review, but that's okay. Cause we talked about no. things that were most important to us. Um, yeah. And obviously that's, what's important to everybody. So sure. Um, no, I mean, I think like, <laughs> I, right. Exactly. I, th- I think the big thing is that this was a year to kind of catch our breath and, yeah. and see where things were going to go. And like, I'm just most excited that they're moving forward with a, with a new movie. And, and I'm, I think- I'm glad that they have um, good goals that we should expect for next year. And that nobody showed up with a giant chart that was like, here's the next five years. Cause it's phase one of the ghost verse. <laughs> like, no. And let's generate a shitload of expectations and then make people be unsure about whether or not they can follow through on them. Um, no, that stuff, yeah. that stuff's always like, I mean, think about when Disney plus did that with their star Wars, yeah. you know, here's 30 shows. I'm like, okay, three of these are going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I, there's also something to build hype too. But yeah, I'm just I'm ready for that next movie. I love these characters. I love that uh, we got to you know we got to meet a bunch of new characters in the last movie, and I, I'm excited to see those stories uh, continue. I just want to know who Callie's mom is, and I can move on and live in peace. So Callie's mom, yeah, some girl, some, some lady, some random, some lady that Egon knew. She at was some point. she was really in his epididymis. I love when people were like, <laughs> "There's no way Egon." I'm like, "Stop! What? Like what?" <laughs> Egon totally was right there with Ray and Peter drinking beers, smoking cigarettes, yep. eating Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. He was just a dude. Yep. He was a smart, eccentric dude, but he was He's a, a dude. dude. Yep. He's a total dude. He was not just a dude who crawled around under the desk and plugged the computer <laughs> in and then like disappeared into a hole to go build proton packs alone. Right, exactly. <laughs> he was a person. Uh, to me- Humanizing the Ghostbusters is the coolest thing yeah, ever. That's like, why that's why Ghostbusters 2 Egon is great. Because it's like, hey, here's a di- guy who's like, he says, yo. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> does. Oh, I love it. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Anyway, the upcoming soon, Yogon, the Egon action figure that says yo. Um, I would love that. I would buy it. Tony Taylor Toys. Phantasmtoys.com. Get on it. Make um, Yogon. Yeah. Make Yogon. Yogon. It's just Egon with a thumbs up and a hard hat. So um, thank you for coming on today and talking with me for probably longer than we expected to. So thank you. Yeah. For your anytime. Time. I, I love it. Anytime you, anytime you want to do yeah, this. You're, the, you're awesome. And you know, thank you for coming and thank you for always being supportive of Extraplasm and um, for sure. being you for, cause you know, I appreciate you and the community that you helped to create. So there you go. Hey, I just, I just like to talk. Well, people, people want to listen. Even better. You're good at talking to people as opposed to just standing on a street corner being like, Ghostbusters, what do you want? I like it. Do you like it? Ghost, do you, do you collect plasma series? Well, people do that too. I'm going to do that. That's where, I'm, <laughs> that's where I'm headed now. We're going to sign off from this podcast. I'm headed straight out to the streets with a giant sign that says, The end is nigh, Ghostbusters 2024. Like, I love it. Anyway, thanks, Craig. And uh, Happy New Year to you, to Abby, to, to Jake, and to uh, the whole Yes Have Some crew. Even Ryan. Even Ryan. <laughs> Not kidding. But I love Even Ryan. Him. Ryan's great. Influencer Ryan. That's is right. He wants to be known. <laughs> bootleg influencer ryan that's yep there you go all right no thanks yeah appreciate it man all right thanks for coming and uh we'll talk to you again soon that's gonna do it for extraplasm this week and this year thanks for listening uh, i really appreciate each and every one of you who are turning in each week like i talked about at the start of the podcast and as a final reminder if there's something you can do to help out as we start the new year it would be to go and leave a positive review on itunes or spotify or wherever you are downloading your podcast from because it helps to connect with other people out there uh, thank you one last time for those of you who donated to the Extraplasm's, uh, the Extraplasm Ecto Unobtainium giveaway, uh, and congratulations to the winners. Happy New Year, be healthy, be well, and I wish you the best start to the year to come. And as Ernie Hudson says every week on this podcast, try to have fun and always keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>